Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with author, Reiki master, meditation and mindfulness facilitator, prenatal and children's yoga specialist, Michelle Kennedy. She has been writing since she was eight years old. Back then, it was picture books, handwritten on index cards and stapled together until her grandmother bought her a typewriter at a yard sale at the age of 10. She has also been seeing and sensing spiritual activity at least as long. She has been an intuitive and inclusive Reiki master since 2008. She is passionate, empathetic, and an intuitive healer with an alternative approach and dedication to helping clients move through a wide range of physical, emotional, and spiritual transitions in the most efficient and transformative way possible. It's a great interview. Enjoy. Hey, how are you? I'm wonderful. How are you today? I'm good too. So I appreciate you taking some time out today. No problem. Same here. So I want to begin everything with what we've all lived through for the last three years with COVID. I'm curious how you got through that time period and how it's changed the way that you do things now. That is a great question. Um, it has uh, definitely changed the way I look at the world, look at things. I mean, we now see things like before COVID, after, right? Um, I think about what the choices I was making in the way I was living in 2019 versus the past three years very, very different. Um, uh, I will say this about the work that I do, that my own intuition, as well as so many people have gotten connected to their spirituality and their intuition. And because we were able to take that time and space to, you know, we were locked indoors, we had no choice of, well, I guess we did have a choice, but a lot of people went within and were very introspective. So there was a lot of spiritual evolution in a great many people, including myself, that things kind of expanded. The way I do things ex changed and expanded. Um, I wrote a book over that time. So I kind of took different risks that I was putting off because I never had the time and did. Yeah. So let's get into exactly what you do. I know there's a lot of facets to what you do. So I'm going to put you in front of a bunch of grade school kids, third graders, career day. One of the kids looks up and says, hey, what do you do for a living? How do you answer them? So I am I am a Reiki master and Akashic Records reader. So we are all energy. We are energy like there is energy in space that moves the planets and the moon and the sun and all things around. And so are we. And we are made of all the same things that the planets are. So when we are, people tell us lies about ourselves or are angry at us and we think that we did something wrong, even if we didn't, that that changes our energy. We've taken on energy that's not true about us. We've taken on energy that doesn't fit with our truth. What Reiki does is it comes into the energetic body and says, this doesn't belong here, this doesn't belong here, moves it out of the way and raises up the vibration of who you really are, where those spaces of things that are not who you are were holding space um, and just helps you be more you. So did you always feel this connection but what what was your dream when you were in the third grade what did you want to be when you grew up <laughs> um i wanted to be a veterinarian when i was little um i always had a connection to animals and i guess i still do but um 
in my teens, I became vegetarian, which was my teenage rebellion, who knew, but it was very upsetting to the rest of the household. Uh And I did not want to become a veterinarian anymore because I didn't want to have to dissect animals. And so I kind of was leaning more toward what I had always done, which was writing and went to college for that. Didn't do that for a long time um, and clearly wrote my first book during COVID. So it was a very long time since then. Um, but yeah, my my childhood dream was very different. Um, and I had my first ghostly encounter at age eight, which was with a pet that passed away. Um, so my animal connection continued to develop. Um And then I saw, I remember seeing a psychic while I was in college who told me, you're going to be a teacher or a therapist of some sort. I don't know, but that's what you're going to be. And I was like, I don't want to be a teacher. And I didn't want to be a traditional teacher, but it's like the whole hindsight thing that I recognize that part of what I do is teaching. Part of what I do is coaching and helping people, you know, be more themselves. So she was right. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. wasn't the way I thought it was going to look. Yeah. So what were some other seeds that were planted in you in childhood? Obviously, there's a lot of things that happened to us. But what were some of the other seeds that made you maybe sensitive to seeing, you know, ghosts and, and feeling energy? How did all of that kind of happen and, and evolve for you? There is definitely a hereditary thing, I think, on both sides, but more on my mother's side, that um premonition dreams have been relevant uh relatives visiting people in dreams kind of thing have been relative have been relevant and kind of talked about in my life my grandfather had a near death experience and he was constantly educating me about what happens when you die um i don't know if he did it with my siblings but he definitely had my ear and um, would tell me these things he was very serious like looking me dead in the eye and telling me about how you know, we go back to the light and such. And I was little, (laughs) you know, I remember that. Um, And then I think that, you know, it was a dysfunctional childhood. Um, I am a child of an alcoholic father and a mother who has her own trauma and issues too. Um, And I had a very rich, creative and imaginary life. Um, and uh, had a, an ama- amazing relationship with both of my grandparents who really were my role models as parents and, and elders and, and nurturers in my life. Um, but specifically, my grandmother never rejected anything I said. She just, you know, was very unconditional about everything. You could say anything and you could believe anything and you could, you know, talk about anything and you could just be yourself. So that was kind of a really powerful thing um in my life so what is it that keeps you going that keeps you motivated and is a motivator for you to do the work that you do every day um it is a very strong inner compass at this point in my life of this is what i am called to do this is part of my purpose here and i am here to help as many people as deeply as they need to find themselves and do their work, whatever that is and whatever they're called to do. I live with three generations of people that practice Reiki and it was done at one point and I had 
all kinds of cats around me. Like it was all cat driven. And it was around a little bit after the time that I met my wife and her cat totally like follows me around and it is always all around me. I mean, I've always had a good relationship with cats, but this cat in particular, it was kind of strange and it really kind of blossomed after that. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting for sure. Cats were kind of my, my thrust. Do you ever, do you notice that there's kind of a theme with people that maybe they don't realize that's going on in their lives? Yes, definitely. I think that there is, um, a theme that we have that we don't realize. And it's high, you know, when we look back, if we look back, we can see the patterns, we can see the development. But if we don't look back, we just keep going through the grind and doing what we're doing over and over and over again. It's when you stop and look back and say, oh, look at how that's evolving. Look at what's happening. Um, but even your connection with cats, you know, cats are very energetic. They have been known to see the spirit world and they uh, their purrs can heal bones and soft tissue. And, you know, they are very much around us to help us. They chose to be domesticated. They didn't, you know, we didn't do it to them. They chose to align with us and, uh, you know, keep the meow for us so they can communicate because we like to vocally communicate, even though they yeah. do it telepathically too. <laughs> I had no idea they chose us. Now I watched a documentary about all of these you know, facts about cats, but I didn't realize that. Yeah. So we domesticated dogs because we liked their companionship. Cats were like, I like people <laughs> and I'm going to, I'm going to make myself softer and nicer to live with people. Um, That's interesting. They, they, they are in the wild. They give up their meow after they get out of their kitten phase, but they kept it for us because we like vocalizations. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, so what, what's been kind of your timeline to now? How did everything kind of progress with your development into writing and being a Reiki master and all of that? How did that kind of develop into today? Um, it was a slow development and it was, you know, it was an evolution. So like I mentioned, I had my first ghostly encounter at eight. I started writing stories at age eight. Uh, my grandmother got me a typewriter that's aging myself, but got me a typewriter around age nine or 10. And I started typing them instead of handwriting them. Um, and, you know, went to college. I was going to become a journalist. I was talked out of that because journalism was kind of not the kind of job for me and accepted that. Um, in college, Yoga and Reiki were like in my peripheral, but I thought it was too weird and woo-woo and didn't do it. And after having some very um, strong kind of premonitions, alignments, and finding my husband and then having kids, and he, uh, he was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma when, we, when I was pregnant with our second. And he started Reiki, and then I just saw the the amazing responses he had to it, and said, "I have to do this." Wonderful. Um, yeah, and he's good. He's you know our son is seventeen, so he's seventeen plus years in remission. I mean, it's so far gone now that there's it's gone. Um, and the person who he worked with with Reiki, I said, "You have I need to do this, and you need to be my teacher." And 
She was like, I'm not doing classes now, but I'll let you know. And I just checked in once a month, once every two months. And I hounded her enough until she finally said, okay, I'm having a class. And then that was pretty much it. I, um, my first level attunement, I had some very profound experiences that I didn't know were not just everybody's experience. And I immediately, any of my ghostly encounters or psychic uh, visions became clearer and audio was added to it. So if I had a feeling or a seeing of a ghost in my space, I could now communicate with it, which was before un I was unable to do and they were always scary to me. Um, but now I could communicate. And then I also connected very strongly to Akashic Records, which is people's karma and past lives and future potentials and all that. And I thought that was just part of Reiki. And found out only about, I don't know, six, seven, eight years ago that that was something different. <laughs> wow. um, but a gift that was brought through in my, in my Reiki experience that, again, part of what I'm supposed to be doing and helping. Because I have attracted a lot of people with deep, dark trauma. And the Akashic Records helps that because we can go very deep to that dark stuff that you know, aren't even in the conscious memory and help the healing. I'm fascinated by the, I'm fascinated by this because I, I don't, I've, I've never really had any encounters. I don't understand how it works. And I'm around people that do feel that. Do you think it's kind of like, like certain people are born with talents, you know, whether it's a dancer or it's an athlete or whoever it is, there's certain things that we just inherit and become in this reality. Do you believe that that's the way it is with you? And I mean, not that it doesn't need to be developed over time, but what's your philosophy on how that works? I, I agree with you. I think that I have the theory that before we're even born, we are like, I am going to have to do this. So I'm going to need this, this, and this gift. <laughs> um, and I'm going to take that with me. And I may or may not discover it or develop it in my life, but I'm going to take it because I think I'm going to need it. Uh, so, like I said, in my childhood, having these little introductions and experiences with it, and then other things, allowing it to grow and evolve and acknowledging it. You know, at first, when these things were happening, I was kind of quiet and almost shameful about it, like didn't share. And eventually, I was like, what am I hiding? This can help somebody and just started doing that. And the more I leaned in the bigger the evolution was in these gifts. And so I encourage everybody. I think everybody has a little psychic ability that you can lean in and develop. And of course, your own personal gifts are going to be how it develops, what it develops into, and what your access is. But I think we all have a little bit of that because we all have a little bit of divine in us. So as a And I don't mean divine like God thing, you know, like it's not yeah. a religious thing, but I mean like if you think of the energetic space and, and, you know, something beyond this physical world. Yeah. Well, everybody has energy, no matter what it is, good, bad, high, low. I mean, it's right. just, it exists for sure. So as, a, as the life of a writer, what was the book early on in your life that you read that either hooked you on wanting to read more or made you want to be a writer? Little Women was the first one. And Joe being a writer, uh, oh, that was so powerful the story that the characters the development of them and, and the 
drama and the grief and all the colors of emotions that were in that book, it it stayed my favorite for so many years. And it still has a very like high placement on my top books of of life. Um, so that was the one. And I wanted to be like Joe, right? So if you have a dream tonight, you run into the 20-year-old version of yourself and you could give that version of you a piece of advice based on the wisdom you've gained in your life. What would you tell your young version? I would say, don't poo-poo Reiki. Go try it now. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Very nice. So everyone out there has a perception of you. You have clients, family, friends, colleagues readers but you ultimately live your life you're in control what's your perception of you who do you think you are i think we're all multifaceted i think that some people in my life particularly clients readers so on may think that um you know i've i'm like higher than them and i never see myself that way i think that we're all going through something we're all struggling with something we all are carrying some baggage i don't think we ever fully dump the baggage till we leave the body you know i think there's always something that we're working through and that's part of life that's part of the life's journey um so i think that um i think that I, there's always work to be done and there's always like inner work and that i am you know, I have things that I have to deal with too. I'm not like living in the ether all the time. <laughs> yeah. So of all the things that you've accomplished in this life, what are you the proudest of? Ooh, I am proudest of being a mother. Um, I know I have, of course, made mistakes and I have flaws, but I am so proud of the people that we have raised and that they have access to their voices and that they are creative and passionate and they feel free to explore all their options. So I am definitely most proud of that. So of all of the clients that you've helped and been around and, and experienced in your life, what's been one of the more magnanimous ones? What's been one of the best client success stories you've lived through? Um, I have two that share that that space. Um, both of them have very severe childhood trauma, and both of them came to me with such low self-esteem um, that they the the physical transformation of seeing them evolve throughout uh, months and even years of inner change manifesting in their outer change of how they carry themselves of seeming more adult more strong standing taller all that and um you know being able to stand receive compliments things like that have been just seeing that evolution has been so powerful that they can stand in their power where when they started with me they they didn't even know they had any power so for anyone out there that may be on the fence, they're not quite sure what Reiki is, and they're either curious or they need just a little bit of a nudge, as someone that does this as a practitioner, what would be the verbal nudge that you would give? It can benefit you on any level. 
Reiki cannot be forced on you. It is only what you consciously and subconsciously are willing to take and allow. Um, I have a, a graduate that says to people, it can't hurt, so why not try it? But but really, we all have something that we can gain from it. And at whatever time or space you are in your life, there is a benefit to it. And whatever you're willing and open to receiving will happen. Um, so I think that particularly for those people who are going through something, a struggle of some sort in life, that it can bring clear away that muckety muck that's not yours and, and bring the light and clarity that you need to move forward in a new direction, if that's what's needed, or move forward in your more empowered self. So on that note, if anyone wants to hire you to get a reading, they want to get your book, learn more about you, anything pertaining to your world, where can they go? They can go to my website, myreikihealer.com. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook at myreikihealer. And you know, you can set up an appointment. I am very active on Instagram and have videos so you can actually learn a little bit more about me and, and my vibe and see if it vibes with you and and hire me through that. I answer all my messages, even if it takes a little bit longer, depending on where you're reaching out. But um, that is where you can find me. Wonderful, Michelle. This has been great. Thank you for opening up. Thank you for your time and your story. It's wonderful. I appreciate it. Thank you, Joe. Have a great day. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and more from around the globe. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. Mm -hmm.